Welcome to Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. Truth Matters believes in the words in Acts 2.47 that proclaim, The Lord adds to His church daily such as should be saved. We believe in the Great Commission Christ gave before returning to the Father, and we obey His command in Matthew 28.19 to go and make disciples of all men. Now join us as Pastor Terry Ames gives today's message. Deuteronomy 29.29 says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The secret things belong unto the Lord. We're not going to understand everything, folks. God is not going to reveal everything to mankind. But He has revealed and will continue to reveal those things that He wants us to know. Now when I say He'll reveal, there won't be any new revelations in the Bible. We discussed that this morning in Sunday school. The Bible is is complete. There's nothing to be added to or taken from. A lot of Christians, including myself, and some preachers will say, well, the Lord revealed to me, or the Lord gave me a revelation. That does. When I'm saying that, do not take it as some TV preacher that's trying to get money out of you. When I say it, I'm just, showing, just saying the Lord showed me something in a passage that I hadn't seen before. Right. And the Holy Spirit does that. He'll open up passages. It's a living, breathing Word of God, the Bible is. I think the original, the people that compiled the Bible together into the 66 books, instead of just putting Bible on there, we, they should just wrote truth and let it go. Because it is the book of truth. And it's God's Word. And so when I'm reading that Word, and I may say John 3.16, for God so loved the world, you can get a hundred different sermons out of that one passage. As Brother Allen and I was talking this morning too, self God may have showed him something 20 years ago. But suddenly, even as a preacher, I'm going through it, and all of a sudden it jumps out of the pages at me, and it's almost like it just goes into your heart. And it's, you get all excited because you know God just spoke to you. And when God speaks to you, you know it. And it's an amazing thing. And then I get excited, and I want to come preach it to you. Because it's new to me, it's been revealed to me. And that's what he's saying here. The secret things belong to him. There are some things he's never going to reveal. But what he does reveal to us, folks, you need to treasure it. It belongs to you. And guess what he says to do? Pass it on to the children. Don't hold it in. So that's what I'm doing this morning. Get ready for the roller coaster. Because I want to begin this morning, dear family, reminding you that we are in an intense spiritual warfare. And it's not only in this country, but it's around the world. However, we're going to focus on the United States. And it's very evident how fast and how intense people's moral and family values are changing and how anti-Christian those in office in this country are becoming. It's very evident to those who have a biblical and spiritual understanding of God's Word that demonic, demonic forces are ramping up the assault faster than even we could have imagined just a few short years ago. However, the rise of this activity of the Antichrist spirit 
And during this rise of this activity, we need to hold fast to the truth. One truth is that we shouldn't be waiting for one man as an antichrist to rule this world before Christ's return. That's a fallacy you're being told. Satan is the ruler of the air already. The Bible tells us that. And the Antichrist is a spirit already at work in this world. The Bible tells us that. 1 John 4, 2-4 says, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children. You, everyone here today, ye are of God. And have overcome them. Them who? The Antichrist spirits. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why do I read that to you this morning? Why do I warn you about that this morning? Because this is a sermon of warning. This is a sermon of warning. And you need to understand that we're not waiting for one man to show up to be an antichrist leader of this world. He's already here. Satan and his demons. What I'm wanting to warn you about this morning is the rise of a new religion in this country. But it's not Islam. It's not Buddhism. And it's not atheism. And while this religion attacks Christians on every front with intolerance on our beliefs, members of this new and rapidly growing religion are using the courts that are supposed to protect our rights to silence us and punish us. And its members of this religion are becoming more outspoken and becoming more violent in their efforts to silence us. This new religion is the religion of sex. Within a very short time, we've seen the rise of this religion to include activities that just a few short years ago were illegal, considered immoral, and scientifically unsound. Today, these beliefs are being forced upon us. Truth has been thrown out the window to support it. Those who don't accept their beliefs are shattered down, they're ruined financially, or assaulted physically. This new religion accepts, accepts death at its altars, changes words and terms to opposite definitions, and sits at the feet of Satan. Instead, of the words of a popular song from the 1960s has become the mantra. If it feels good, do it. Do it if it's what it, what it feels, you know. If it feels good, do it. Do it if it's what you feel. Or in the words of Aleister Crowley, who was the author of the Satanic Bible, do what thou wilt shall be the whole law. Ordinary morality is only for ordinary people. You didn't know that song kind of came from the Satanic Bible, did you? See, they are forcing God from the narrative and from the public. Because without a moral lawgiver, there are no morals or laws. This religion of sex is forcing the belief through legislation and public opinion that there are not two genders, that sexual interaction is love, and how we are to use our own bathrooms. Children are being mentally abused by men dressed as women, reading to them in libraries, using the same restrooms as them, and by some educators teaching them at a young age that there are many genders and sexes. The adults who think up this drivel even can't even name all the ones they try to create. So they just take over the alphabet. 
Children's natural minds are being corrupted into confusion. This religion is physically abusing children, not only sexually exploiting them to the joy of the pedophiles, they are injecting them with hormones at young ages with the permission of the parents, doctors, and the government, attempting to change their natural gender. We see the morning TV shows glorifying a young, supposedly transsexual boy doing things and shows at strip clubs and the internet with the parents' encouragement, and they applaud it. In my day as a police officer, there were laws against that. It's called child endangerment, child exploitation, and child abuse. But you know what? While they're celebrating it, it's just open pedophilia. And we see the results of practicing this religion as causing mental health problems, physical problems, disease problems, and yes, death. Children are the victims, as they always are. Abortion, as horrible as it is, has become obvious murder to many former abortion proponents because they are attempting to legitimize, legitimize killing a baby after birth. Words are turned around. Meanings are changed. Protests are held, all to force others to believe that murdering an innocent child is a mother's right. I even read the other day where some of these proponents were referring to a fetus as a tumor, a parasite, or even just no more than a simple pimple that had to be removed. How demonic. And Satan laughs. See, my friends, this is a dark subject because we're in dark times. The times of spiritual warfare raging around us is right now, not in the future. Too many of us are still waiting for some sign from God when the signs are all around us. As the darkness threatens to envelop this world, we Christians must remain steadfast and be the light Jesus calls us to be. See, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also asked, do you hide a candle under a basket? No. If you want to drive back the darkness, you're supposed to put the candle on top of the basket to light that room. But followers of this new religion, they're being demonically led and want the total removal of God and His laws and His Messiah. These are their goals. The biggest battle of this warfare is being waged as we speak. And many Christian leaders, lay people, are either asleep, they're becoming hermits, they're hoping it will blow over, or they're giving in to the corruption for fear of being protested against and being called names or publicly ridiculed. Wasn't Christ himself mocked? Wasn't Christ called names? Wasn't Christ publicly ridiculed? And wasn't he even beaten and crucified for telling the truth? Do I want to go through that? Do I even want to preach on this subject? My fleshly side, honestly, this morning says, no, I don't. But see, I don't have a choice. I belong to Jesus. When Jesus says, preach it, I'm compelled to do what he tells me to do. God commands me through Paul's writing in Timothy 
2 Timothy 4, 2 through 5, and it says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. I cannot make full proof of this ministry that God has given us and given me and given this church if I only preach one side of the gospel. There are two sides of the gospel. There's heaven and hell. The Lord Jesus is Messiah and Satan is your enemy. Too much nowadays, all we want, all the churches want to do is just give good, feel good messages. If you come here wanting to have your ears tickled, it's not going to happen. There's some days you're going to get an uplifting message, but there's times when God says, warn them. You're the watchman on the wall. Warn them. For how else will they know if they don't have a preacher? How else will they know if they don't hear? That's what the Bible says. I don't look forward to these. I prayed. I mean, I, I've been praying like, I don't want to do this one. And I don't want to scare people. But you know, we got to think of our kids. We have to protect our children. We have to love on them and hug them and tell them how much we love them and show them that, that they have a refuge not only in Jesus, they have a refuge at home. They have a refuge in our arms that we're going to protect them from whatever it is that's out there trying to hurt them. And I'm telling you, my friends, there are people out there that are trying to hurt them. And that's how they get to us. I don't want to scare people off, but people have to know the truth. Will next week's be this dark? I don't know. I won't know till I go home and pray what God wants me to do next week. And there are times that I am fearful giving messages like this. For I know that those Antichrist forces will come against me. But I'm reminded that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but truth and courage through the Holy Spirit. My flesh may be afraid, but my spirit is determined to obey God. And our text for today should be memorized. But when the assaults come from friends, family, and strangers, and they start calling you names or attack you for your beliefs, you may not have every answer to give them. You may not even know why God wants it this way or that way. But remember, even God keeps some of it to Himself. It's going to be a mystery. That's why we have faith. It's called faith. We forget. We want instant gratification on everything and to see and touch everything. It's called faith. I have faith that Jesus is real. I have faith that Jesus is my Savior. I have faith that what Jesus tells me is truth. You may not even understand why God chose such an eloquent preacher to pastor this church. I wonder too. You know, I stumble a lot and I fumble a lot of my words. But I can only be what God tells me to be. And He chose me for whatever reason. It's in His, His grand, grand glory of whatever His kingdom with His kingdom, you know. And I'm glad He chose me and I'm thankful for His salvation. And I love all y'all with all my heart. But I, but I, today I struggled over this one. See, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of truth and courage through what? His Holy Spirit. And He does the same for you. My flesh may be afraid, but my spirit is determined to obey God. God says the mysteries belong to Him. You may never know certain answers to questions, 
But when he does reveal things to you, there are years of treasure and to keep and to pass on to your children. There are things God wants you to know and understand and are not to be kept to yourself. I'm sitting there watching her hug, her, hug them girls, you know? That's the way it needs to be in the world. We just keep throwing our kids out there and we throw them out there either to people we don't know or we're throwing them out there on the internet to things that that's going, they're going to see that we would never want them to see. And, you know, I, when I first went to Church of God, there was a little mantra that the pastor's wife used to always say. It stuck with me then. I never heard it as a child. But uh, little eyes, be careful what you see. Little ears, be careful what you hear. You know why? Because once you see it, you can't take it back. Once you hear it, it doesn't go away. It's embedded in your brain. Your brain just soaks up information. And you want to protect them as long as you can. And you want to mother them and father them and protect them and take care of them. And you want to sometimes just say, world, go away. But Jesus says we have to live in this world. There are things God wants you to know and understand and are not to be kept to yourself. So why is he allowing this new religion to rise in our country? Harming so many people? I want, I want to tell you, believe it or not, this is nothing new. The Roman Empire and the Greeks had similar religions, beliefs, and idol gods. Cultures throughout the world from the Mayans to just about every aborigine fell into perversion, pedophilia, and child sacrifice. See, this is Satan's greatest tool. Changing the good blessing God gave to man, the blessing as a way to procreate, and he turns it into sickness, disease, and sin. And it began after the fall in the Garden of Eden, reemerged after the flood, and continues to this day. See, man's heart's sinful. People today have turned away from God, just as they always do. They fall for and encourage lies, deceit, and fables. However, there's always hope. Truth matters. And we, we, us, the churches, not just us here, all the Christians, must speak the truth. God's laws are good and are given for a reason. 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 11 says, But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust... Law is good if it's used lawfully. Have you noticed, though, that they've tried to change the law or, or change the law around to read things that it never intentionally meant or said? You have a business. You're baking cakes. But suddenly the courts are brought against a little mom-and-pop store for baking a cake and becomes nationwide national, and there's people all over the country attacking a little mom-and-pop store, a little Christian store that actually recommended another bakery for them so that they could get things taken care of. But no, they were sent to court and tried to be ruined financially. They wanted out of much, uh, a whole lot of money out of their pockets that they didn't have. They won the case. And in turn, guess what? Somebody else went and countersued against that. Now they're going back to court again after they've been adjudicated. So the laws have been what? 
and now they're being used unlawfully. Because what used to be protection for all religions is now protection against one religion. But the laws and the courts are being turned against us. And this, my friends, is an observational fact. You can just look around you. But we do not lose the war. We must realize we're in the battle and act accordingly by speaking out against the dark, and we must proclaim the light. See, I lived in Colorado for a time, and there was very little humidity out there. The air was clear and thin, and the mountains were really beautiful. But while living on the plains in the foothills of those Rockies, I realized that when somebody had a campfire on the mountainside, or they had a flashlight lit, or car headlights were traveling along some road up there, I could see that light from miles and miles away. Think of a star in the heavens at night. How many millions of miles and how many years it took to become visible to you? Yet you see it. The light will always shine through the darkness. And Jesus Christ, my friends, is that light. It's not hate speech to proclaim Jesus. It's not hate to speak against the things that are against God's law. It's not hate, but love. Please don't let them take that or, or turn that around on you. It's love that drives a Christian to speak against abortion and perversion and the things that are hurting our children's bodies and minds. It's love that reminds us that Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Right. And it's not hate but love that compels us to shine the light of Jesus Christ in this stormy world. And it's a war that is already won, but the battles are not yet finished. Why God, didn't God just end it all now? He's revealed some of that mystery to us and to His people. Deuteronomy 29, 29 was the covenant to Moab as the tribes were splitting up after the exodus. The tribe of Benjamin had fallen into perversion and was cursed. However, he promised the Moabites restoration if the Moabites would follow his laws. I believe that we are also his people today. And those lessons and truths spoken in the Old Testament to his people are applicable today. Yes. So to Christians, not necessarily America, this is the word of God to you from this unworthy vessel that stands before you. This is from the Bible. I'll let you look it up when you get home. God's telling you, and you shall again obey the Lord and observe all of His commandments which I command you today. Then the Lord your God will prosper you abundantly in all the work of your hand, in the offspring of your body, and in the offspring of your cattle, and in the produce of your ground. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good, just as He rejoiced over your fathers, if you obey the Lord your God to keep His commandments and His statutes, which are written in the book of law. If you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. For this commandment which I command you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will go up to heaven for us to get it and for us and make us hear it that we may observe it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will cross the sea for us to get for us and make us hear it and that we may observe it? But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it. See, I've set for you today, before you, life and prosperity, death and adversity. 
And in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away, you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship your God to serve them. I declare to you today, you shall truly perish. The mystery is this. God gives us choice. Him or the world. Jesus or Satan. Life or death. And he's saying, you don't have to say it. Well, I'll wait till I get to heaven to find out. Don't work that way. He's not saying, send somebody out to find it, bring it back to me, and make me listen to it. He's, he's not going to do that. That's what those passages are saying. He's not going to make you sit and listen to it. He's not going to send somebody out necessarily to bring you, drag you in here, kicking and screaming to hear it. What he's saying is, I put it in your heart. If you can, It's near you. Get a Bible. Repent of your sins. Confess me as your Lord and Savior. I'll give you the Holy Spirit as a guide. And guess what? I'll open this up for you and I'll reveal it to you. But I'm telling you folks, if you're not a Christian, you don't have Christ as your Lord and Savior, that Bible is a closed book. Right. I have people tell me, I just I try to read the Bible, I just don't make no sense out of it. Well, you know why? Have you accepted Christ your Savior? Well, I'm not going to do it till, till, till later on. Well, then you're not going to get anything out of it. Right. We have professors now in, th- in seminaries teaching biblical studies that are not saved Christians. And I'm like, how can you teach the Bible? The Bible is not something you just read through and teach like you would a history or social studies or sciences or whatever. It's a living, breathing document from God, a love letter to you. So he's saying, I put it in your heart. And even what about the people that don't have a Bible? He has put it in their heart. All they got to do is look around them and see that there is a creation. And there can't be a creation without a creator. But I'm telling you, people protect the kids today. This new religion popping up is going to try to draw you away. This new religion is going to try to take your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, and they're going to try to drag them further and further away from God. But it's nothing new under the sun. It's not a very uplifting message. It's a warning so that you can open your eyes and look around and realize how many people out here need a Savior. How many people out here need Jesus? And you know, this message ought to quicken your heart to tell somebody else about Jesus. This message ought to give you at least some courage to understand that Jesus is going to stand with you. Remember, no matter how dark, Jesus is the light. Help us protect the children. Help us give us the, give us the boldness to proclaim what it is you want us to proclaim. This has been Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. You may email us at glasgow one chog at gmail.com or visit us at 1517 Glenview Drive in Glasgow. Join us next time for another insightful and timely message from Truth Matters. I'm Lisa Ames. God bless.